out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good morning and welcome to the fall transition edition of the Unsanctioned Citizen. Are your hostess, Sheila? So I just wanted to remind everyone that <clears throat> that Texas is still here. And even though the buoys didn't make it, Operation Lone Star still did. And uh, it looks like Texas, it does seem like Texas has become a target of the Biden administration. They've become quite the burr in the saddle of the Biden administration for <clears throat> shipping out all of the migrants. Because once they get over the border... If they get over the border, uh, they're in Texas for a little bit and then they stay here for a little bit and Texas is not okay with that. We're getting it from both ends. We're getting the economic refugees from California and Washington state and Oregon and other places that don't regard basic, I guess, ruminations of choice about medical status and that sort of thing. A lot of people came here because the the economy was better. There were jobs, the state was open, and they weren't histrionic about your medical credentials when it came to a Biden vaccine. When Trump was president, and he was president at one point, they haven't erased that completely from history. He was actually president at one point. You know, the amenity of the vaccine was there and people were thankful for it because they could take it or not take it. But you weren't under the impression that because there was a vaccine, there was a compulsory element to taking the medicine. That was something that came that rolled over on the American people during the Biden administration. And there was a commitment to not do that in 2021. That would be the spring of 2021. There was a complete reversal on that. And then they went full bore, hard knuckle onto the public. And the governors of most of the border states of Canada were the ones that, that really went hardcore against the American people on the, <clears throat> on those, on those conditions. And that would be places like New York, Michigan, Washington state, um, because there's trade with Canada and Canada was, they went absolutely off the cliff. Trudeau went full bore like medical autocrat. And Biden and the coordinating administration did so also. Um, and that's not, that's recent memory. That's in the course of a year or so. So here we are, flash forward to 2023. The emergency is over. The CDC has not released any guidance to mandate any type of, of, you know, reinstallation of the emergency. And so there's a lot of flap 
about the Department of Defense, you know, manufacturing uh, psychological psyop force, you know, getting getting their ducks in a row to, to make sure that Americans do it. Um, and then there's the court pushback. So the courts are now suing the Biden administration. First, let me produce some context. The context is the government has the ability and moral duty to censor Americans who are saying or dissenting against um, use of force vaccine medicine in the context of COVID-19. That's the premise. Okay, so legally, there's some pushback. So I've been posting on notes, post notes, uh, on Substack, which is, you know, I've been very active on Substack, uh, getting into little, little discussions about different things. And um, so, I mean, there's just a variety of different contexts to, to put on this, but to keep it brief or to keep it focused, I'm going to go to one of our favorites, Reclaim the Net, and I'll just cite this here. The FBI and the Department of Justice are sued for concealing Biden administration censorship pressure. After it was found, the FBI was pressuring Twitter to censor election-related speech. Okay, so this is in context of the election. This is an election cycle. There's a concurrent election cycle. So, but this has context with other things. I'll read two graphs from this and then I'll move to my next point. Okay, America First Legal, AFL, has taken legal action against the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Department of Justice. The AFL alleges that these federal agencies are unlawfully withholding records, which they are beholden to under FOIA, which is a Freedom of Information Act. AFL alleges that these federal agencies are unlawfully withholding records that may reveal the Biden administration's manipulation of the 2022 midterm elections through censorship initiatives. Last year, journalist Matt Taibbi in his investigative series, The Twitter Files, unearthed communication between the FBI's National Election Command Post, NECP, and its San Francisco field office. The NECP had reportedly flagged 25 Twitter accounts for misinformation right before the November 2022 elections, and he had asked for coordination with Twitter for subsequent actions. Sorry. And uh, they have obtained a copy of the complaint. Further evidence coming from litigation between Missouri and the Biden administration disclosed that the FBI had run a continuous operations center to, quote, root out disinformation and misinformation. During a deposition, FBI agent Elvis Chan conceded that the agency had indeed prompted social media platforms to engage in content suppression, which he acknowledged led to de facto censorship. Okay, there it is. So if there's something self-incriminating about violating the First Amendment right of the American people, there it is by the government. So there's a fight there. I'm going to go to the next point see here. So 
Elon Musk is now threatening to sue the ADL after 60% ad revenue decreases to following a censorship pressure campaign from uh, the Anti-Defamation League. Which is odd because they are the Anti-Defamation League and they are committing defamation. That's the claim. That's the legal claim is that he's committing defamation or the ADL is committing defamation against Musk and X. So there's that. So the other thing that I just realized is that Biden has put it together that he would like to recruit the Anti-Defamation League or the ADL in a public-private partnership to combat hate. So he's going to hand the baton to the ADL to determine what hate is in order to coerce or, you know, add direction to private platforms as a government proxy, another NGO. So that's what's happening. That's what's been happening for a while. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of these hooded organizations that you don't really know about who've been operating as NGOs. They've been, you know, putting in their little Karen notes about the things that you say. This person's a bad person. They opposed me. They're a troll. You know, nobody has to agree with what you say online. And there are some ridiculous, you know, un... I mean, disjointed assertions online that don't make any sense. You know, these are people who want to call up enemies so that they can shoot them down and say, look, look, I got you numbers. I got you numbers. I censored people. Pay me. Pay me. I was a good contractor for, for psychological operations. I found some targets and I shot them. That's what they're doing. Okay? They don't care if it's a mental midget. They don't care if what they're saying is true or not, obviously. It does not have to be true for the government to say it. I wish it was illegal for the government to lie to you, but it isn't. Uh, They do it all the time. You know, they say it's illegal for you to lie to them in a court of law or under an investigation, which it is, and I highly advise that you don't lie, but instead get a lawyer and don't say much. Because the fulcrum or the disparity or the leverages of power, the inversion of power is great at this moment because they are very insecure. And unfortunately, Biden is a very weak government that is using way too much force on the people and not on our enemies. And I've noticed that this is this is also a problem. I'm going to that. Biden is uh, recruiting the ADL to determine what hate is. I'll come back to it. So this week, The Intercept reported that the NSA is really disorganized. It's a dysfunctional group of people. You know, their their leadership is in, in kind of trouble. They're a troubled leadership. Let me go there. So, okay, let's find out what's, what the news is. 
So I think I think the uh, yeah Ann Newberger accused of workplace misconduct at NSA in 2014 and again at the White House last year. This is the Intercept at a previously unreported NSA Inspector General report about Ann Newberger reveals disarray and dysfunction at the top of the cybersecurity hierarchy, and this is really important. Um, when you have disarray in a cybersecurity agency, the, this is the agency supposedly, this is, the last time this happened was under Obama. And when it was in disarray last time, we got the OPM hack. Now, if you're not old enough to remember the OPM hack, let me try to refresh this. Uh, in 20... Uh, 2015, I think. There was an Office of Personnel and Management hack. The Chinese really got us. They hacked our government. Which means every clandestine operation uh, worker who filed an I-9 to get paid with the federal government had to go in somewhere. You know, this this condition, like, oh, nobody exists, blah, blah, blah. They got them all because they didn't focus. The NSA didn't focus on infrastructure. They turned all their predatory guns inward onto the American people and started badgering and dogging us. Okay? And anytime that happens, they're not focused on the enemy, the actual enemy. I was so unhappy about all of the NSA surveillance. They want the whole of the American people to be demoralized and to think that the government has got totalitarian control and you should just give up now and lay down and take it. And that's not the way it is. You know, I, I wrote I wrote a book called Privacy is, is a Spider so that people will not do this. And I also wrote a follow-up article this week on Substack on how to not let that happen. Okay? You know, hide your wife, hide your kids. They're raping everybody, data-wise, all up in here, okay? And it, since they're not protecting you from China, and they're going after you themselves, that's a problem. So what just happened? Well, it just came out in the wash through a Mandian, a Mandian audit that there's been a successive APT, or an advanced persistent threat attack. That's the favorite one of China. They like to sit there and build little nests in the email networks, and just kind of mine it at will. And they just, just sit in there. Okay, if the NSA were organized and on their, on their beat. Okay, if they were watching things with the you know, broad capacity of dark night that they have. All the technology and all the AI that they have. As Edward Snowden betrayed to the world. Look, look, this is what they're doing to the American people. This is what they're doing to everyone. Make it stop. Well, you know, this is the reason why. They have all these powers to over-surveil the American public, and they're still making the same mistakes. They're, they're grappling at each other at the top in this dysfunctional triangle of BS, and then they're leaving us open for China, and look what happened again. So, what am I going to pivot to? I'm going to pivot to this. 
Section 702 is up for renewal. Like, real soon. And what that means is that that is the legal patina that has been used to surveil you since, I don't know, a long, long time. And it was ruled unconstitutional in 2018. Yet the government kept going. And here's the problem. You know, these programs, they get concurrently funded through these omnibus bills. And the omnibus bills are so thick that they don't, you know, nobody really gets to winnow them out. So they say, oh, there's nothing we can do, blah. You know, there's absolutely something they can do. They're the ones in charge. There's absolutely something. And this, it wasn't like this at all times. It only got like this during Obama and the late, late years of the Bush administration. So they act like, oh, this is your, this is a new normal. This is the way it's always going to be. This is, this is how it's got to be. You know, it's not the way it, it was when I grew up, when I had rights, when I had, you know, a life without every orifice being commanded to have an IOT outlet. I'm also going to complain about the fact that, okay, l- let me just give you an example. This week, um, Fox reported that cars, cars are betraying an insane amount of information and the brands are Subaru, Kia, Nissan, uh, and they're, they're reporting things back to the hive that are things like, you know, your sex habits inside the car, you know, when your comings and goings, how much mileage you get, you know, and they're reporting it to the insurance companies. Do the insurance companies need to know what you do in your car? And they're just handing, this is, they're, they're playing the game. They can get money for the information. So they're giving the data upon request to the federal government. And you know what they're getting in return? Money. Money. So I'm going to pivot to this news item. August 22, news item came out that the Weaponization Committee decided to, and Jim Jordan, introduced a bill to stop the government's ability particularly the FBI and the DOJ because, you know, they require the warrants. And that's what Section 702 is, the blanket warrant to surveil everything you do using the Internet, using the NSA spy apparatus and the relational conveyance of PRISM. And, you know, let me just take out the word PRISM and just put in Facebook, social media, you know, all of those things. They become weapons in the arsenal of government censor surveillance and surveillance. We just tacked on the censor part because that's become a an outcropping. That's what comes when you just let it mature and the bush grows and the fruit that comes from the surveillance bush is, is censorship and, and censorship and control and political accusation of everything you do. And everything you do is wrong unless it's, it's exactly what they want that day. Okay, and then we become, we turn into what is also China. And we're not that nation. We have no ambition to be that nation. And our government is doing it wrong. NSA, all of them. They're all wrong. They're all doing it wrong. We have a constitution. They're not abiding by it. They're not abiding by it. Period. They're just not abiding by it. Section 702 is up for renewal. And that is the warrants process. 
if there actually is some sort of crime that you committed, and I mean real crime, not ADL crime, not Anti-Defamation League, you pissed me off, so I put a, a bad sticker on you. You're a hater. Ugh! You get a hate sticker from the ADL, and now we're just gonna, we're gonna mush your notes. We're gonna mush your communication into the, we're gonna say no, 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 no. We're gonna try to take you to the woodshed and spank you for talking. Because we didn't like what you said. Or the algorithm didn't. These, these are not necessarily decisions that's gonna be made directly by the ADL. They're gonna commission an algorithm to do it. You know why? Because that's what they're already doing. Section 702 is up for renewal. And that is the warrant's process for actual crime, not ADL crime. And who did they consult? They consulted the Center for Democracy and Technology in Cato. And one other outfit that, you know, has always kind of let them do it. So those are the three that they're comfortable with. We'll listen to you because we're comfortable. The rest of the civil libertarian organizations said, Damn it, I have a Fourth Amendment right and you should not be doing this because Fourth Amendment and First Amendment. You should not be doing this without a warrant, period. This was ruled unconstitutional. You shall not do it. You shall not do it. Hey, DOJ, stop this crap. You shall not do it. But NSA don't listen. So now NSA is under, in the national security DNI apparatus, I say NSA today because, you know, they're in the news. And they let us down in cybersecurity. Again. Ugh. Ugh. Uh. So, where is this going really? So the FBI and the DOJ are sued for concealing Biden administration censorship. And they are getting in trouble with um, the New Orleans judges again. So here's, here's what the appeals court has said. Because as I reported over a month ago, is that there was an injunction to stop the Biden administration from overreaching and trying to cancel censor American speech. Okay, and that's what the role of the court is supposed to do. They're supposed to go time out, executive branch. This is the separation of powers at work. Uh, time out. You can't do this. So we have something here from the AP. It says, appeals court scales back order, squelching Biden administration contact with social media platforms. Okay, so what they did was they tailored it because it was overly broad. And when they went to work on this, they made this order better, more functional, more, more legally viable. Okay. The first one that bat out was so broad and, and spray worthy that, that possibly they couldn't do their job. You know, the government has a right to interact with, uh, public institutions. And this was just an absolute, you shall not talk to them, period. And there's just too much going on. So they had to tailor this order. And because 
it was not, it was overly broad. The Biden had a temporary win to, uh, to, to move forward with some of it because it was so overly broad and, and poorly written. So, <clears throat> New Orleans AP, a federal appeals court Friday significantly whittled down a lower court's order curbing Biden administration communications with social media companies over controversial content about COVID-19 and other issues. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans on Friday said the White House the Surgeon General, the Centers for Disease Control, and the FBI cannot coerce, i.e. use force, and the nanny state, and the ADL is an NGO, uh, on social media platforms to take down posts the government doesn't like. Okay? If the ADL wants to be a government proxy, they can try all day long, but they don't have any power to be the government to these platforms. But the court threw out broader language in an order that the, a Louisiana-based federal judge issued on 4th of July that effectively blocked multiple government agencies from contacting platforms such as Facebook and X, formerly Twitter, to urge that content be taken down. Even the appeals court softened an order that doesn't take effect immediately. The administration has 10 days to seek a Supreme Court review. Friday evening's ruling came in a lawsuit filed in Northeast Louisiana that accused the administration officials of coercing platforms to take down content under threat of possible antitrust actions or changes to federal law shielding them from lawsuits over their users' posts. So I'm going to leave it there. So there is a check and balance that's going on right now. And because of this resurgence of... A COVID variant. You know, it's Omicron 4. The sequel. You know, and, and nobody cares. People are working. They're trying to, you know, get their part-time jobs, apparently. I mean, these job numbers ended up being a little bit goose because most of the 200 plus thousand jobs that were added to the market were mostly part-time. So... People are finding work, but it's not gainful employment. So our economy won't be roaring back at the level we can actually functionally beat inflation unless we actually beat, start beating inflation. And we can't beat inflation unless the interest rates go down. And we can't, the interest rates won't go down unless we start managing the way our government spends money and the way it's managed by the executive branch. We need a new executive. <clears throat> I know what came up repeatedly was that this is an age question. It's, it's truly a competency question. If I'm gonna boil it down to one, one element or, or competent, morally competent, and medically competent, and you will seek advisement from sound uh, leadership around you and you have the ability to process what is true and what is false and what is your legal obligation, then, then you could lead. He's not either not willing or not able. And in both cases, regardless of what his son does, 
Uh, he is responsible for the duties as president. They're mad because he took a vacation in, in August. Well, I think they're mad because he took a vacation 380 other days of the year. Honestly. And then when he took one in August, that was just, that was it. That was it. He had, oh, oh, he took a vacation in late August. Oh, my God. But it's because he had taken all those other vacations. You know, there's all these people who are working themselves to death, including cybersecurity workers, by the way, <laughs> trying to beat back both the NSA and China at the same time. Damn it! And then just, you know, routine punk hackers that are just trying to get in and make our lives crazy. <sighs> so, I mean, we can't, we can't put identity online in this environment. You, you just can't. You can't compel people to throw themselves into a blender that's with the blade spinning. Don't do that. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to pivot back to Texas. Unfortunately, the biggest thing that's happened this week is the uh is the Ken Paxton impeachment hearing which kind of it's a hidden element of the political prosecution of Donald Trump but people don't want to see it that way here in Texas they they want to see they want to see what they want to see so i'm going to read you quickly five things to know about the Paxton impeachment now, I'll tell you the truth. Among conservatives, <clears throat> one of the things that they, they do not approve of is um, using affairs on the job. That's what really got rid of Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was put there by evangelical conservatives in the Democratic Party. And... Uh, when he cheated on Hillary Clinton, uh, they disapproved vehemently and they were so, they felt so betrayed in that, uh, that they, they followed through or lent their support to a functional impeachment. <clears throat> and they had a lot of help from the federal government because there's a lot of people in the federal government who have that codified. If you commit adultery on the U.S. payroll, well, that is definitely a fireable offense, an impeachable offense, an offense that will get you court-martialed or put out of government service. They don't like it. So, and that's codified, like that's code. They can't change the moral code of the federal government overnight. I'm sure they want to, you know, in their bid to make, you know, genders swappable. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure that they tried to get that overturned, but I don't, I don't think that was probably successful. I think, I think that, that fraternization and adultery, if proven, uh, is, is still a fireable offense for, for the governing actor in most conservative straits. So defense is fairly conservative. Uh, police work is conservative. Definitely um, Department of Justice work in the state of Texas is very conservative. So 
So let's go to that five things you need to know about Ken Paxton. Dallas Morning News. So five things to know from day four of Texas Attorney General Paxton's impeachment trial. The witness walks back testimony. Law enforcement legend testifies. Rivals says Paxton not facing corrupt prosecution. Senators must be on floor. Now, what's weird about this is that during this, the egress of this trial, there was a gag order placed on all the senators and only to witness and listen during the hearings, which is very weird. Um, that was considered, that was considered a win by certain leftists who want a political prosecution of Attorney General Ken Paxton. So, let me go to Dallas Morning News on this. So, if you go to Dallas Morning News, there's a whole section here on the Paxton impeachment. Who are the witnesses testifying in Texas AG Paxton's impeachment trial? And I don't know how this is staying out of national press because it's such a big deal. It's all over Spectrum One. They covered it all day. It was like taking it. It was their C-SPAN. They just, they covered it all day like it was the biggest thing ever. And uh, it's been all over televised local news. I don't know how they've managed to keep it out of the national press. But um, maybe maybe it is getting some national press. But um, but they have a whole section dedicated just to the Paxton impeachment trial. Uh, even I'm a paid, you know, I had a paywall this week on one of my stories. It was a how-to story on how to get you out of out of Chinese hog. So my my claim is that when you use these online platforms, if they have a EULA. And they, they do data trades with APAC to process the information into cash. Um, <clears throat> you can get out of that circle by, one, uh, listening to this broadcast and, and seeking out ways to get yourself out of the data brokerages. Two, you notify the legal department at these, uh, at these companies and let them know you no longer have their consent to do any kind of tertiary um, brokerage movement of your information for for commerce and that's a that's a long way to say they don't have your permission to use your information in China for money so you tell their legal department and the legal department tells tells you that you have no case you have there you have no rights here that's typically what they say but in fact, the contract is, is two-way. It is a consent-based contract. And if you re revoke, in part or in whole, uh, their ability, or that consent, uh, you can control the flow of information for pay. What they want to do is they just want to railroad uh, your demands. They don't want to go look for your information, and they don't want to stop the flow of cash. So that's going to make them very cranky, but you can still do it. The other thing you can do is just go to the data brokerage. Um, there are several firms out there 
and I'll try to look for some of them for you that I think are pretty reputable. But Norton uh, Online Services is offering a service to scrub or to get you out of online brokerages because th they have so many. <laughs> I wrote uh, I wrote a online brokerage years ago, provided them everything they asked me for, and they still have me in their cash, which, you know, I should probably take them to court at this point um, because I, I don't want my information in, to be used for pay with their services. <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, and, and the reputation economy, this is the reputation economy. So you can be stacked with people that you have no association with in real life and they can influence the integrity of your credit score um, by proxy. So in China, you're issued a credit score. You get a free social credit score from Credit Karma, okay? And you think social means like, well, that's just online. It's just an online service. It's a platform that gives me a credit score. And it's social. No. No dummy. That's China. China's social credit system. And Credit Karma is the social credit system. You get one for free. If you go into their hands and do it. So don't. Don't be a big old dummy and do it. Um, so social credit scores are this. They, they manipulate the meaning and enforcement of your reputation at scale. If you are a dissenter or if you talk against China, then your credit goes way down. Um, if you... So, actually, you know, let's say you are in their system. That would be another hack to immediately deprecate the worth of your data in their systems is to start talking trash consecutively about the CCP and the PRC government. You know, and then get yourself a, a nice little tick mark. And their sensor surveillance system. There's no bad person! Because they talked against the regime! Yes! Down, down with my social credit score! Mm, make me worth pennies on the dollar! Super cheap, not worth anything. Okay. Can't use me as cash, because I'm worthless. You know why? Because I talk down the regime. So, I mean, that, there's a, that, I do this all day. I'm a social process hacker. I cannot stand what they do. You know, they, they hire lawyers to get over on me and to try to manufacture me into a serve. They push me into these digital systems. They lied to everybody saying how beneficial it is, and I do this every week. I say, they tell us how beneficial it is, and then... It's a bait-and-switch. It's a trap. It's a, it's a one-sided crab trap. And you have the ability to just make yourself so small, you can just get out of it. Like a little guppy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Alice in Wonderland, you know, where they drink the potion and it makes them small, and then you're, nobody can see you get out. And then... Or you drink the potion, you become so big that everybody's like, ah! So, I mean, Lewis Carroll was really on to something. 
depending on, on what perspective you take on in this bizarro world, you know, where everybody's like off with your head, then uh, I think it's time to start investigating what those properties are that make you shrink and expand. Uh, I guess the one that is supposed to make you expand is becoming viral on the internet. So big of a monstrosity that people run for their lives. Um, <clears throat> I just don't want you to necessarily be afraid of, of everything and everyone. Because there are definitely distortions, mental distortions, and I, I promise you I'll wrap it up after this. There are mental distortions that occurred during the pandemic where you had this vague generalized anxiety that kind of everything you might do or might anticipate doing that would be somewhat normal would be wrong. For instance, like I just learned that, <clears throat> you know, by my powers of observation that I am super normal for South Austin, like super duper duper normal for South Austin. I'm like, wow. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of compulsing messaging towards me that I have to do or be something different. When in fact, in my community, I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> so I mean, I'll bet how many other people are out there are like this? You know, they... they you know, and you can actually get above normal, too. I mean, like, if you aspire to do better, have a better outlook, be more positive, go for the gold, be all you can be, yes, yes, yes. But if you are at, you know, if the baseline is just normal, then you're okay. Uh, but if people want to drag you below baseline on some things and you feel really out of, out of commission, like you really feel out of sorts, or demoralized, then you're really shook. You're really disorganized, and you're in you're in moral disarray. Like you don't understand what's true and right. And in that fog of confusion, you can be attacked, and you won't fight back because you don't know what's up or down. And that's the purpose of those type of psychological operations to make everything you do in a fog of accusation seem wrong. And it's just crap do not believe anybody who do, who does this okay they come out of left field and then they attack everything you do they they pin your reputation to the corporatocracy without any kind of evidence they don't know you from adam they don't know you from anyone but you know they list your society's crimes on a long roll of paper and point fingers like like a staccato gatling gun and and then you know you're just supposed to sit there and say yes yes you know i will take my my sentencing hearing and go walk out on the ice and and die in the freezing cold now thank you for my uh, adverse sentence this isn't batman this isn't gotham you know, they're not in control. You know, Fox, I, I kind of resent Fox for this because they didn't give the complete story. There is a lot of crime going on in, in Austin City. 
What they did not report was that they have hired more police. Uh, (laughs) They have been on a hiring jag, hiring more police. And they're not like leaving the ranks or something, but they're trying to, they're trying to cash this as a leftist town. And I think there's going to be some kickback there. This is not necessarily just so leftist town. There's a lot of leftist things going on here in some constraints. I'll give you an example. Again, I live in South Austin. Okay, the city of Austin, and it's it's a very traditional, you know, Texican population where, you know, there are plenty of conservative people that live here, like Hispanics. And there's also East Austin filled with Hispanics. But a lot of them are leftists. So I think the Democrat constituency has made special deference and embrace of the, you know, La Raza types, you know, couched and commanded from East Austin and they kind of have sucked all the all the available juice for identity politic into that region and like oh we have to make observation oh we have to make special political power for these people yet they ignore everyone in south austin now what i saw over the last election is these these city officials because of redistricting These city officials come out of the woodwork, hands held high, pandering in the parking lots out by the voting booth. And now I understand why they did that. You know, handshaking, stroking the voters as they go in. Please vote for me. Please vote for me. And of course, I told them they should all be fired (laughs) because they are bad at their jobs. The, the downshot is is that you know like since they've marginal they literally have legally marginalized South Austin East Austin they have embraced South Austin they have rejected so um, it's not fair but the Texas uh, legislature ruled that you know in an ETJ situation you can leave so many people are examining those things at this point that's, that's, that's an important thing to know about because there's a lot of people who migrated here to get the hell away from leftist politics, okay? Where they run things and they run things straight into the, to Ted City. So please think about that. You know, they're, they're not okay with it. They're not okay with, with the Ted Cities. So with that, I'm just going to kind of wrap it up. I've been talking strong here for a solid 50 minutes it's been a one-sided conversation i'm sorry but you're welcome to write in uh, on the exchanges like there's podomatic there's substack uh and i will occasionally drop in at call in still so thank you for listening i i hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend weekend and whenever you do listen to this uh please subscribe at substack.com sheila m dean E-I-L-A-M-D-E-A-N dot substack dot com. And that will help you get a subscription. 
With that, I bid you adieu for the week. Thank you for your faithful listening ear. Try to pass along my messaging, some or all of it, to someone you know who might need it. And, of course, everyone has power, especially you, when you do stuff on your own behalf. So I encourage you to continue to do that, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.